finds himself way away from home. <laughs> that was good, dude. Terror strikes in the form of Hans Gruber. <laughs> yeah. Severus Snape Jr. <laughs> I can't believe I, I didn't know that that was Snape. Hey everybody, welcome to your father's favorite movies where we give a fresh generational perspective on movies your dad probably liked back in the day. Today we are covering the ultra classic action movie, 1988, Die Hard. Christmas movie. Yeah, for Christmas. Classic Christmas action, <laughs> Die Hard action, Christmas, Christmas. When I think Christmas, I think Die Hard. And, and everybody does. And there's when no I, debate about it. When I think Christmas, I think I have a... Machine gun now. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Um, my name is Kai. I am joined to my left by... I'm Jakey Boy. <laughs> I'm Dean. I'm just visiting. I'm a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Chase. First time, long time, Vince. And Roxanne. And um, so we have you know, some, a couple new guests on the podcast uh, some returning guests, some old timers. Um, my relationship with this movie—I saw this. This is my third time watching the movie. I saw it when I was a kid with my dad. My dad really likes this movie, so this is good for our podcast. We covered um, Halloween for Halloween, and that was sort of the um, the horror movie that set all of the horror movie cliches before they were cliches. I feel like that's what Die Hard is for action movies, because every action movie that came after Die Hard, in some way, was influenced by their cliches in some way so for me uh this movie was a lot of fun um i don't have very strong nostalgic ties because i wasn't like i this is only my third time watching it but it was a still a lot of fun fan. A, a diehard diehard fan <laughs> yeah i'm like a yeah but um <laughs> times, you know anyway yippee ki uh this movie yes like you said We've seen Die Hard on a mountain. We've seen Die Hard on a battleship. And I'm talking about this podcast specifically. Yeah. Cliffhanger. We've seen siege. Die Hard on a bus. I wasn't there for that speed. one. Yeah, Speed. Classic. Yeah, and now one we're favorites. seeing Die Hard in Die Hard. <laughs> 10 out of 10. That's not my official rating, but that's that's my whole experience. I'm going to pass pass the baton over. Good all movie. Right. Seen it before. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, all right, so I guess I'll start real quick. My... You know, I um with my dad, I definitely remember this was in like his little DVD rack, um, <laughs> and like I was I was you know I could take you know I could take movies from it whatever watch it but I don't know why like I never got around in my teenage years or later whatever never got around to grabbing Die Hard um so yeah I've seen parts of it um I know it as like yeah kind of cliche you know 80s but um but yeah I liked it um I think it was like it kind of I don't know it was pretty clever on some of the cause and effect stuff that happened kind of so yeah i liked it uh and roxanne you haven't seen it either of you nope i have never seen this movie wowzers what, what was your first impression of it um it was pretty good for being like yeah a 1980s movie that i probably wouldn't put on normally huh. um i enjoyed it actually but i don't know what my ratings are yet so we'll get to that you we'll sound surprised that. i i really am you didn't think I, it was gonna be these, good both of these folks are like oh yeah it's good for 80s movies. <laughs> yeah what's, what's, so, what's so bad about 80s I don't, music i mean i take that back i love the goonies as we learned during this entire movie the other movies that i've watched from this podcast like um face off for example <laughs> never again <laughs> but die hard maybe 
Huh. I heard maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid. Actually, I grew up on this movie every now and again with my grandfather. We used to watch 80s movies all the time. And, I mean, some of my favorite movies are from the 80s, 90s action category. And uh, now I usually just watch it when it comes on around Christmas time. And because it's always been a fun debate whether it is an actual Christmas movie or not. And rewatching again every every year, I guess now that I'm paying more attention with people or watching it. And uh, it's just I notice every Christmas line and song and carol and, you know, Christmas line in the, in the movie. It makes it fun. Yeah. Roxanne's raising her hand right now. I actually just had a realization that I did not know that this was, quote unquote, a Christmas movie until tonight. Why did you think we were doing it for the Christmas episode? One of the greatest. I didn't know. I literally oh, was yeah. like, what well, you've I never missing? seen it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a lot of Christmas yeah, references in it. I want to get to Chase's impression, too, but um, just because it's on the topic, there is a debate about is this a Christmas movie or not. Bruce Willis says it's not a Christmas movie. I, I'm wondering what about this makes it not a Christmas <laughs> movie? Because there's Christmas like themology throughout the entire movie. There's a bunch of Christmas songs, which mm-hmm. they, I'm sure they included in their budget that Roxanne mm-hmm. pointed out. Um yeah, what what makes it not a Christmas movie? I think he's just focusing on the action. And when you think Christmas movie, yeah. you think like Elf or Christmas of the Cranks or Home Alone or like, <laughs> like you know, yeah. baby babies and Christmas trees and everything, not explosions and yeah. terrorists with guns. Well, like exactly. Home Alone yeah. where <laughs> it's, like cussing. it's all action in Home Alone, but there's that, you know that Christmas is like, um, I forget, is it on Christmas Day? I forget. But it's the whole. Point. It's about Christmas. But yeah, the family is going. There, they're and going. That's the yeah. whole point. Like you're waiting for them to like reunite. It's funny because I was like, I was like I said, I was noticing more Christmas uh, to the movie, and like at the very beginning, Argyle he says, "Hey man, relax. It's Christmas," and then he turns on Run DMC, uh, <laughs> the Christmas song they have playing, and then I mean throughout the movie, like I said, there's all these things. Even the terrorist recites the beginning of. Uh, What's that? Uh, oh, um, what that Christmas song or like something? Like Silent Night. Or no, no, no. It's the um, weather outside. Well, is right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. There's a couple. There's there's a couple in there. But yeah, throughout the whole movie, I mean, they're they're definitely making it known. Yeah, Winter Wonderland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even Bruce Willis when he sends the uh, like the dead body of one of the says, the terrorists down, he writes ho 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 to make it seasonal. Of course. Uh, and it's red. Even though it's blood, but it's still Christmassy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a uh, graffiti tag on the roof of the building that says "Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason why this wouldn't be a Christmas movie is because it isn't meant for kids, and Christmas movies usually are, like there's something you can watch point, yeah. with with family. I mean, Violent Night just came out, so that's probably gonna be the <laughs> same thing. Yeah. See, but uh, the only Bad thing Santa. about that is that Bad they Santa. don't spoil <laughs> Christmas in this movie, so. Uh, mm-hmm. There could still be a Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> That's true. At the end of the movie, they drive off. They, they, you know, they might salvage what they That's have. what I mean. There's not like a, <laughs> yeah, like a So what they should have done for the sequel to Die Hard, looking back, is they should have just made it a good old-fashioned family Christmas yeah. movie that happens the next <laughs> it's day. It's like, instead of it's like, oh, this is lovely. Like, it's just everyone's Mom and up. dad get back together. Yeah. 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 Instead of the helicopter coming not? to the roof, it's Santa's sleigh, and he rescues Bruce Willis off Their the weird top. uncle shows up and, like, ruins dinner, and then they, like, just Christmas, Christmas drama. Yeah. <laughs> Chase, what did you think? I've loved this movie ever since the first time I saw it. I, I definitely knew what it was before I saw it. I think I saw it uh, in my 20s. Um, so definitely like well beyond where I was intended to see it. I, I remember somebody asking that question, is this a Christmas, Christmas movie? And I was like, 
I don't know. I got. I guess I haven't really seen that movie all the way through. I've seen it on cable and like little parts, but so I just was like, all right, I'm gonna go sit down and watch it, and immediately I was convinced it's a Christmas movie. I don't get how you can be set on Christmas and not be a Christmas movie. It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, there's too yeah. much. What, what, there's so the much Christmas use? stuff. Themology. Is that a word? Is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Okay, I heard Themology. you use it. As I was saying, I'm like, I really hope this is a word. <laughs> if Themology. a movie can only be in one genre, then the genre of this movie would be action. Yes. But yeah. that was a world in which a movie could only be in one genre. And Die Hard. We don't live in that world. No. Die Hard changed that for good. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I, I can get why people would say, say nay, though. Yeah. Just because you reference Christmassy things doesn't, you know. You're time. saying Home Alone's a Christmas movie because this like, is a Christmas movie. Because like with Home Alone, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> same like, amount of violence. The thing is like at least with Home Alone, you know that there's like Christmas is going to be like fixed soon. Like like Christmas was kind of like messed up because you know he was home alone. Bruce Willis yeah. is basically you know? Kevin McAllister. Bruce Willis is just like this could yeah. happen on any <laughs> yeah, other day of. and it might not. I'm laughing because be... literally this is an entire different podcast that you guys should watch, uh, Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my father's favorite movie, actually. I know. So Die Hard, uh, cast and crew. I, I was looking at the cast and crew, and we do have some like familiar names from other movies that we've covered. It's directed by John McTiernan. We haven't covered Predator, but you know he's very famous for doing that and Hunt for October. Uh, writer was Stephen E. D'Souza, who wrote Commando. Um, you guys did that one, didn't you? We did. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Producer Joel Silver also did Commando and Roadhouse. You guys did both of those. Uh, the cinematographer <laughs> yes. was John DeBont, who uh, was the director for Speed. There are two editors, Frank J. Yuri Yoste, who was the editor for RoboCop, Roadhouse, and Cliffhanger. And uh, oh. John F. Link was the editor for Commando and Roadhouse. And the music was Michael Cayman, who did Roadhouse. So we've got a lot of you guys did overlap. Your father's favorite movies, right there. Yeah, damn. Pretty solid. I did notice a lot of like Amanda. names that I've seen before, and that you just nailed that. Keep it in the family. <laughs> Commando. And this predates many of those. Yeah, actually, that you were looking up. Speaking of John DeBont, since our last movie was Speed, one little fun fact was that while the cinematographer John DeBont in this movie uh, was was filming it, he got stuck in an elevator. And that's what gave him the inspiration for the opening action sequence of Speed. Love that. What, did they get stuck in an elevator in the opening yeah. sequence yes. of Speed? Wow. Yeah, it was a great scene. Great scene. Great I missed movie. it. I got to watch it. It's like a five-minute long scene where they have the camera go all the way down like 40 floors of the elevator shaft. If you elevator guys haven't shafts. seen Speed, go check it out. <laughs> Sandra Bullock had a Your father's male, favorite um, movies. what's the word, stunt double in that. Did she? Yeah, Episode I was 16. listening to a podcast with her on it, and she was saying that most of the shots are of her stunt. <laughs> we should have called her up for ours. I know. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> you guys aren't uh, Will Arnett or Jason Bateman, I guess. Oh, smartless. Whoa, mm -hmm. don't say that. <laughs> Not um, a very high kill count in this movie. I mean, relative to uh, relative to our movies. Relative to Christmas movies, it's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so starting at the beginning, we have a nice quick little break-in where the bad guys come into the lobby and they kill the receptionist and the lobby guard. We're at two. 
Then they go upstairs, they wreak havoc, everybody's freaking out. There's a naked lady for no reason. Not really <laughs> Not important. for no reason. I mean, they were clearly doing <laughs> it was something, and that was happening before. Yeah, they were, yeah. Th- that was foreshadowed earlier. They were mm-hmm. having sexual intercourse. If it's an R-rated movie in the 80s, you have to find a way to put tits in the movie. Yeah. That's just the rule. Um, they go upstairs, and they take the guy, and they're like, hey, what's the code? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, okay. And he shoots him in the face. That's three. <laughs> Then we get the first John McClane kill. He kills uh, the one guy's brother on the stairs. Um, he just kills him by stairs, I think. Jeffrey Dahmer lookalike. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he kind of like lands on his neck when they're falling down the stairs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought he had a bullet hole in his head, no? Mm-hmm. No, he just, I remember like the, the thwap. Yeah, that's very, what I like, yeah. yeah, very hard. Um, two others get killed after McClane makes himself, uh, I guess he doesn't make himself really known yet, does he? He's like, hey. He's Roy. Yeah, yeah. Roy has yeah. sent down the body now that says, I have a machine gun now. Um, ho, ho, ho. And he kills two other guys that come after him in the like model room upstairs. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he drops some C4 down the elevator shaft and kills two Terrys. Terrorists. <laughs> Terrys, a.k.a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cokehead shows up to the bad guy, Hans, and he's like, hey, I know who John McClane is. I'm going to do some Coke and drink some Coke. And get shot in the face. I, I thought he was one of the most entertaining parts of the movie. Ellis. The, yeah, Ellis, the Ellis. cokehead guy. Yeah, yeah, Ellis, His Ellis, hand Ellis. gestures. You really can't, can't see me, but I'm doing them. I really thought <laughs> Ellis right. fully betrayed McLean and was going to be like, yeah, he has a wife, but he kind of covered it up. And so really, I was he actually didn't impressed. do much harm. Yeah. He didn't actually do much harm. Except to himself. He's just kind of in the way. You know yeah. what he did? He let the reporters know John McLean was involved, and the reporters did the harm later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking Ellis. All right, then so, we have. He did uh, get a glass of Coca Cola though, so maybe he's a little smarter. It's like than he we was at the police for. station, dude, and they're like, "Here you go." Like, <laughs> <laughs> what else can you tell us? Yeah, exactly. I got two more here. This one's called Elevator Terry, and this one's called Shin Guy. <laughs> Those are deaths. His, he got his shins shot off. Those yeah, yeah. Kneecaps. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It was all, his head it went was through the everything. window. Yeah, yeah. 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 what's that elevator Terry? Elevator Terry was just the first guy off the elevator, and John McClane turns and shoots, and he dies. Uh, forgettable. Yeah, yep. forgettable. That's why I call <laughs> him Elevator forgot. Terry. Uh, then there was the brother who gets hanged um, mm. by the chains. Mm. Now we don't know <laughs> that that guy's not actually well, dead yet. Well, that guy's name's Carl. Carl with a K. Carl with a K. Um, up to the roof. He kills a guy getting onto the roof. Gets to the roof, he kills a guy to get onto the roof, and then the roof is going to blow up. He jumps off of the roof, and we counted five guys dying on that helicopter, which gets exploded by the roof the roof bomb. Yeah. Speaking of including the... Including the guy from the Goonies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> including that guy. Yeah, Agent Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, Agent Special Johnson. Agent Johnson. Speaking of the, the building that is blown up, do, do any of you guys recognize that building as L.A. residents? Have you seen that? Do you know where it is? No, I can't pick no? it out. My guess is that it's in downtown because the well, it's all yeah thing is Olympic it's Boulevard. Obviously downtown somewhere. So you, you could see Olympic Boulevard. You could see yeah yeah Ralph's, so the, the sign Ralph's. for Olympic yeah yeah. I couldn't say which building in particular though. No. Yeah. So the building in the movie is called Nakatomi Plaza. In reality, it's it's the headquarters for 20th Century Fox, which is really convenient because. Uh, Fox is the production company that made the movie, and nice. the building was under construction. So they had like basically free access to use all the floors that were under construction. That's actually That's really wild. cool. Holy That's hell. actually really cool. 
which Dude. but at the same time there were floors that were completed that were being used by like law firms which proved to be a complication for the shoot because uh, the director insisted on using like real gun noises for the blanks <laughs> so it was just like they were firing and like using real explosives because this is pre-digital so it was all practical effects and when you know these other offices they're they're getting you know their whole business day disrupted <laughs> so enough complaints went out that they had to only use sound effect um effects after business hours closed and then they started getting complaints by like all the neighbors and the the residents that were trying to sleep and all these explosions are going yeah, on there's like... so that was a huge conflict there's, a, there's also another uh funny part about having used like essentially like real guns to do the stuff i mean there are blanks in there but uh not all blanks are created equal <laughs> and uh these ones were like super loud and alan rickman this is his first movie. He's always done stage stuff. He's always used prop guns. Never been in this kind of situation. Uh, so he was like, I guess he like uncontrollably was wincing every time he had to fire one of the guns. So he'd be like, <laughs> and and Scary. so the director had to <laughs> smash kid. cut every shot of him firing a gun because he he would just like <laughs> and yeah. like wince. And there's and you can see it at one point when he finally realizes who Holly is, like when uh, the kids are on the news thing and oh. Holly makes eye contact with the TV, and then he like fires a gun in the air and then he like runs outside and he fires again. <laughs> on the second one, he kind of like you can really kind of see it. He kind of it looks a little prissy and he's yeah. just like, <laughs> <laughs> he wait, fires I'm so gun mad. I don't. I want to no, notice that now. I, I stumbled was, across that bit, funny. too, and I was looking, and you rarely see a cut of his face when he's firing a gun because apparently he just couldn't help but flinch. <laughs> but also the director was, yeah, like, he, he demanded that the blanks that were used were, like, extra loud. And uh, uh, later, in 2019, Bruce Willis said in an interview that he has permanent hearing loss due to shooting <laughs> on wow. Die Hard. Yeah, and wow. he wears uh, a hearing aid. Said that the blanks were deafening, and that yeah. that quote deafening. was from uh, Michael Papak, who is the weapons specialist on set. Holy shit! Holy hell. He All called right. those guns deafening. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, well, they weren't. Just, well, then, just regular Crazy. blanks. I think are pretty loud. I yeah, don't it was the eighties. They needed them for sound <laughs> or they needed them for like performances what's, what's it's funny so too is that the sound crew didn't like the sound that they got on set so, so they, they ended up still just going to texas to a gun range <laughs> oh and firing off all the, the proper no, so guns. Sure, they didn't even use the like sound being louder helped sound in any way it would be way worse yeah way yeah. worse uh, yeah. For listeners, my jaw's oh. dropped right now because i'm really annoyed for let's all deafen of our actors so that we I'm can like, replace the sound later Ah, this isn't good enough. Let's go to Texas. Shout out Tara. Let's get louder (laughs) guns. There's louder guns in Texas. Bigger guns. Well, just the fact that Bruce Willis lost his hearing and they didn't even like use it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. And whoever whoever else was on set that we didn't get an interview with thirty years later. How old was Bruce Willis in this movie? (laughs) Oh okay. I'm prepared for this, Roxanne, because you were asking at the beginning. I love ages and height. (laughs) All right. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bruce Willis, when this movie was being shot. Mm Was 32 years old. Okay. Yeah. How old is everyone in this room? Go. 29. Mm. <laughs> 29. <laughs> Younger than Bruce. 31. 28. 34. Wow, so Bruce Willis had <laughs> See, already I... made Die Hard two years ago. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you make Die Hard yet? But I'm just like, people looked older back then. Because I would have yeah. said he I've was got at a better least hairline. Like... Yeah, exactly. He's losing his hair. Bruce yeah. had yeah, hair back that's then. That's a big part. 
Not he's only, got that like one little like but he can pull spot off the of ball chest book. hair. <laughs> look at him and friends. That was a weird tuft. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're like, look at wait, we gotta get Bruce's chest tuft so, in this the show. Reason, the reason I'm obsessed with it is because we just watched Uncle Buck and like John Candy and oh, Uncle I Buck. It. I love John yeah. Candy. I'm pretty sure this is me pulling it out after like a couple weeks. I'm pretty sure he was thirty nine in it and I was just like, Well, it's like crazy because he looks older to me than he would thirty nine. So so there's a Something kind of interesting about Bruce Willis. Uh, he says like a line about the fake IDs. Like he can, he can. He's like, these are expensive fake IDs or something like that. It's interesting because Bruce Willis was a bartender prior to working as an actor. Hmm. Really? Well, because the cop says, so "Oh, Vince, he could be a bartender." Could be right? something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yikes. <laughs> well, it's funny because the cop says, "Like, oh, we could be just dealing with a bartender." Yeah. 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 Where are we at in the kill count? We are right towards the end here, so. The helicopter makes 18 deaths. Damn. And then, um, what's his face? Bruce Willis. He heads downstairs. He's got no bullets left in his machine gun. He's got two shots left in his pistol. He loads them up. He straps them to his back with some duct tape. But we don't know that yet. This was was a great reveal. I think this was a great... A great scene. It, was, it wasn't duct tape. But it was duct tape. It was Christmas themed here because I wanted to say something about like the music shift when it went to the Oh yeah, there were like shift of like the like yeah. I was just like, Oh that's good. But the yeah. all the music throughout it was actually Wait, really yeah, the music, um, Wait, so the music yeah. shifted when it revealed the duct tape? The, yeah. it, it, it shifted to when it showed like the gift wrap and the duct tape because that's where he gets the idea of Oh, I'm gonna use this to yes. like keep a gun on me. Yeah, it goes it from confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but like it, yeah, it starts with the Christmas song and then it shifts to the car in the parking garage yeah. and like the whole like yeah, the melody shifts. Shout out Argyle. Cool. Yeah, Argyle. Shout out Argyle, dude. All right, yeah. so he goes downstairs. He he hears his wife getting um you know kidnapped. He tapes this thing to his back. Two bullets in it. He brings his gun. He says, "Hans!" Stumbles out, <laughs> silhouetted by fire from all the explosions that have been happening. Right? Walks down the hallway. There's two bad guys here. There's the one that was like the lobby guy who was smart or whatever, and we didn't see much else of him. And then there's Hans himself, mm. fucking Severus Snape. Mm-hmm. And Severus Snape holds the gun to the wife's head. Her name is what? Holly. Holly. Holly holds the gun to Holly's head. And Bruce is like, you got me. Drops his machine gun, which didn't have any ammo in it anyway. But we all knew that. <laughs> Little did we know, as he reaches his hands behind his head, we see behind his back, the pistol is duct taped just below his shoulder. And he reaches for it. Bah, bah. Oh, at first there's like a laughing scene. That's really <laughs> oh, yeah, they, that they, was, all, they all share a nice laugh. Interesting. It's a wholesome scene. Yeah, disarm yeah. the bad guys with laughter. Yes. <laughs> and this is like yeah. a Western callback, too, because they're talking about Westerns the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And or they Rogers. kind of do the yeah. looking at everybody, getting a little bit closer with everybody. They don't go as extreme as the, the I think it's oh, uh, good, good the bad, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, Just, where they go yeah. the eyes. But they did a similar thing where they showed everybody involved in the standoff. Mm. And then... Whoo, Bruce Willis pulls the gun and boom, boom, headshot, hits Hans in the chest, breaks the window behind Hans, he falls out. So those are the last two deaths of the movie. What does that bring us to? Uh, that brings me to 20. That was my was count. Say, yeah, plus pretty, that's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. It's above I, average, I think. I counted them up and that makes 11 
bad guys dead and nine good guys dead. So the good guys win. Just right at the end. <laughs> did you yell? Wait, did you count the uh, bad guy at the end who uh, the police shot? What's his name? He already yeah. counted well, him counted previously. Him gotcha. But yeah, gotcha, you're okay. right. All right. The brother wasn't actually dead Carl. from from oh. hanging by the oh, uh, gotcha. chain. <laughs> Uh, he shows up again, and then the guy, the cop, redeems himself for having... Al! Shout out Turner and Hooch. Al. Oh, yeah. Al kills the final bad guy to save a bunch of people and redeem himself for uh, apparently killing a 13-year-old. He killed an innocent <laughs> kid, and he has yeah. the, the huge defect of not being able to murder another person. <laughs> and he finally... <laughs> He gets over that. That's his fatal flaw. <laughs> yeah. he, so ever since killing that 13-year-old, he's, yeah. he's a, a now little he's, bitch. He starts to get the idea that killing people's bad or something. Good and thing he gets over that. then he almost shoots Argyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Bruce was, was like, hey, 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 he's one of me. He's, he's, he's one, one of mine. me. Oh, my God. That's so... Trigger happy. Can you imagine if he just... Yeah. He turns Argyle just goes on like a tear. Argyle drives out waving out of the fucking Yeah, yeah. he's like... <laughs> Those were the moments that didn't age well. Those particular <laughs> moments. Um, yeah, I killed a thirteen-year-old. Like, oh, and they're like, having a moment dude, when everyone's like, like still a cop. Job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people in, in twenty twenty-two <laughs> aren't aren't rooting for cops to like kill more people yeah, as right. as much as they were in nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, but speaking of one of the biggest deaths in the movie, uh, Alan Rickman's character, that shot. Little trivia about that. So he uh, he literally was there wasn't a stunt double. He dropped 40 feet onto a uh, airbag. My, my half-assed internet research says it was 21 feet. Oh. It was a, uh, it was a, um, it was a model that they had, like, forced perspective. Try to make it seem I, taller. I, I heard it was, well, it was, a, I don't know. it was enough to, like, get a good drop. But uh, the funny thing about it is that they were like, all right, we're going to count to three, and then we're going to let you go. But what they didn't tell him is that they're actually gonna let him go before they counted the three so they were like one two and then they let him go and he's and so then the look on his face of him being like betrayed betrayed and, and scared <laughs> and horrified is genuine because he's totally surprised that's that actually a really cool fact yeah yeah, there, yeah there's another moment like uh like that where they kind of i don't know in doing the research i kind of get the impression that alan rickman was a little prissy and he was he was very new to town too. Uh, like I, I guess he was only in town for like two days prior to getting signed onto this movie. Yeah, uh, like he had like moved to L.A. two days before. Yeah, he had been in L.A. one week before he got cast in the movie. He had never been in a movie before, and he was reluctant to take this movie because he's like a British Shakespearean actor, and he, he doesn't want to do. A, he was appalled that he was going to have to do an action movie as his first movie. Yeah, he thought he was going to be typecast as a villain. But, so. but yeah, so there was another scene where they uh, they used his sort of. Uh, I don't know, gullible isn't the right word, but sort of his naivety. naivety. Yeah. Uh, where Ellis uh, comes in and he's like, the first time Ellis is like, I, you know, I do million dollar deals for breakfast. And he like goes and walks in and like tries to like talk his way out of the situation. I guess he went off script and he, cause he was just kind of doing his thing and like being charismatic. And Alan Rickman like didn't know What's how to deal with somebody that wasn't following their lines. So he was like actually like, uh, uh. <laughs> and then he like says <laughs> says something and he like sits down and they were like oh that was perfect yeah, <laughs> yeah. specifically the line Hans Bubby <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> uh, that guy was good too yeah 
Great performances. Ellis. Well, we don't know his actor name. Coke guy. Coke man. Yeah. <laughs> Coke man. So, Ellis. I wonder what he went on to do. More Coke. Ellis. Ellis Coke. <laughs> you man. Would think. There you go. Well, it's it's so funny because like there's so many aspects of this that show us that they had no idea what the end game was as they were making the movie. They're just like flying that's, by the seat of their pants. That's absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know if you have noticed this in your research yet, but. Um, uh, yeah, so when they started filming the movie, they only had 35 completed pages and of the, the screenplay. And the director thought they were trash. Yeah, so, the, so they, uh, John McTiernan, he had to be like coerced and directing the film. And he his big uh, issue was that he felt it was too dark. It wasn't like it was about terrorists. And he's like, no, it's, there's no way to like have fun with it. It's like too political. So his condition for making the movie and directing it is he had to hire his own screenwriter, which ended up being Steven D'Souza, who we know from Commando, uh, to like kind of give it some levity and insert some dark humor into the script. And he changed it from being political terrorists to people that were after monetary gain so that you could have a little more fun with that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this. so by the time he was directing, they only had 35 pages of the screenplay finished. They didn't even know how the movie was going to end. They didn't know what the climax was going to be. So they were, like, improvising, rewriting throughout the entire movie. And, like, they didn't know how if it was going to be a hit or if it was going to be terrible. It's yeah. awesome. It's cool. Yeah, I really like... I don't know if I want to mention it now, but just basically like the the, the feet, the the how that ended up. Yeah, I don't know. Should I? I don't want to go into. It. Should I not go into it? Go now? into but it. Go like, into it. Well, just how like he got the suggestion to do the, um, the, like curling fi- the feet yeah, and fisting everything. of your oh, feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, so like, that was the beginning of the Explain to me what's movie. going on because I don't understand it at well, all. Well, for me, it's just like it's just a creative from a creative writing standpoint of like cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that now is a reality like so he's like okay i'm doing this and then in the moment he run now he's in the hallway and he has no right. no shoes so, 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 so it's like so the rest of the movie so that one small thing the first scene in the movie is bruce willis on the airplane and then some and weird guy yeah he's right. stressed, in the he's stressed about the airplane because he doesn't like to fly and yeah. then that causes the guy next to him to be like this is what i do to unwind from flying try it and he's like and i take okay. my shoes off yeah. And I curl my toes into fists, fists yeah. on the carpet. And then that's what he's doing after he's stressed out, after him and his wife get in that fight. He's sitting in the bathroom doing that. And then that causes him to not have shoes. And then right after that is when he hears the gunshots and then he has to run to the exit. And he has no time to grab shoes. The whole rest of the movie, no shoes. He's, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and that's then, a great. So, right. so, so yeah, I still don't understand phone. the toe curling thing. Like, how does that help? <laughs> you got to do it for yourself, man. You do it barefoot yeah. and on a rug. I was trying to do it while sitting down. I'm like in socks on a hardwood while floor. You're watching I'm like, movie. I don't think that's the way to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> not really. The barefoot on the rug was the you important know? bit. Yeah, right. that was like the direction. So when I know. undress tonight, I'll I let you guys a, know how it goes. I have a rug. If you yeah. guys want, I'll come over and just. <laughs> guess we're now we're going to strip down, bare from the ankles down. Um, that came into play for the first time in a big action movie way after one of my other favorite parts of the movie, a big twist, when Alan Rickman gets caught by Bruce Willis about Mm. halfway through the movie. Alan Rickman's (laughs) looking for, I guess, the detonators, or he's checking on the explosives, and Bruce Willis is like... He leaves his gun, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Willis is like, yippee gay, motherfucker, not not literally. He points a machine gun at him, and Alan Rickman says, oh, please don't hurt me. And he's putting on an American accent now. Yeah. Um, which there were there were thoughts about his <laughs> accent in this movie, yeah. from Roxanne especially. 
Roxanne didn't Alan think Dickerson. that he had a very good German accent for you. No, he kept yeah, going in and out of it the entire time. It I was like, he's Snape? Oh, he's German. Yeah. Oh, he's Snape? Oh, he's German. Uh, it wasn't like, the yeah. same as the other Germans. If, if <laughs> At <that's>... all. <laughs> so if I can interject. Is there that. a theory behind that? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah so uh, so there was there's what I thought it was, and then there's the half-assed internet research that I did. So <laughs> what I initially thought it was as a kid, was, or when I was younger, was that he's an Englishman and he's working with these German guys and he speaks German. Uh, and so he's like trying to like communicate with these guys. And right. then and then he's the trying to do not the, the, the American accent to like show that he's a guy in the building, not a terrorist. And so that's like what I thought the change of accents were. Turns out what it was, according to the Internet, is that... Uh, the scriptwriters like didn't really have it solidified, and so by the time they were like finishing the movie, they're like, "Oh, we need to make these like German terrorists," and in order to like tie this all together, so they just like changed a bunch of stuff to like make the German narrative like work, which then when it got translated into other languages, I guess uh, it had like all kinds of other problems. Like when they did the movie in Germany, they didn't want them to be German terrorists, so they made them Irish terrorists. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's all kinds of like goofy stuff, and it's just because they completely were unprepared and they were just shooting from the hip. Also, um, none of the actors knew German, so whenever you see the none of them, uh, yeah, they, so not like, even Carl, no, not, not even those nope. guys. Those guys were like uh, Southern California, Nordic or whatever. But so whenever they're like trying to speak German, I mean, they it's have just, hair like they live in California, so that makes sense. <laughs> So they they they're Aryan. They're just like speaking gibberish that sounds like German to each other in all those scenes. It's, it doesn't mean yeah, anything. Yeah, and uh, I did I did read on one website that they have gone through and changed that audio uh, to make, to it, make it like well, because I guess like well, good. they are yeah, German was... words, but it's kind of gibberish. It doesn't really make sense. I mean, I'm sure it's... that's like insulting to the German people of like you're just <laughs> speaking gibberish in our language and that's what you think it sounds like. So yeah, I and especially in, especially well, especially in this day and age where people are very sensitive about everything yeah yeah i can't believe that holds I up i think i think that'd be cool if a movie did that with english though if they just like made up english and, like, oh yeah <laughs> yeah there, there's some songs on youtube of like italians that make songs that sound like english and they sing it also i really was interested in this whole like feet making fists thing <laughs> <laughs> and it says that making fists with your bare feet in the carpet or sand or grass is a highly sensory experience and now you it's helping you intentionally focus on your senses and is one of the easiest ways to bring yourself into the present moment Yippee uh, did you know that Vince? I did not I'm gonna take notes yeah. for next time I uh, do psychedelics <laughs> <laughs> grass wait just to be clear that's like curling your feet right like, yeah, just, like yeah punching just, your feet okay yeah, yeah. Yes. just making sure yeah. <laughs> just making sure now i'm not wondering what you were doing my watching the <laughs> watching the movie i'm trying to figure out what you were doing watching no. the movie now you, you guys have all heard of uh toe curling yeah similar concept I think. yes of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so <laughs> I, tried, I, tried I looked at your feet you're not <laughs> oh that's true they're they're very visible <laughs> Should I take us through the origins of the movie and how it got made and all yeah. of that? Yeah, please do. So in 1968, there was a Frank Sinatra movie called The Detective, which was really successful. Uh, it was based on a book, and uh, they wanted to make a sequel to like capitalize off, off the success. So they asked the guy who wrote the book to write a sequel to the book so they could adapt it again. But he took like a really long time 
to finish that book. And that book was called Nothing Lasts Forever. It was about, uh, you know, it basically what became Die Hard. It takes place on Christmas Eve. It's about a guy who has to fight off a terrorist group and a building um, that's trying to blow up the building. Eventually, that project got landed at screenwriter Jeb Stewart's um, door for him to adapt the book. And he took a new angle to the book because he had gotten into a, a fight with his wife and he went off and drove on the, on the highway and almost died because a, a, a refrigerator box landed in front of his car and he was so distracted from the argument that he, he almost ran straight into the refrigerator. It turns out the box was empty and he was like, oh shit, now I know what this movie needs to be. It's about a story about a guy who needs to find a way to apologize to his wife and he doesn't know how to do it. And, um, and so he rewrote the entire story around that. They convinced John McTiernan to direct it, and uh, 20th Century Fox greenlit it. Uh, I'm curious which actors hmm. they had on when they greenlit it. That is a huge, that's a famous bit of trivia, because there's like more actors that passed on the lead role than any other movie that we've covered. Not yeah, so including so Top Gun. I'm curious Gun. who was on it when they gave the green light. So they contractually were obligated to ask Frank Sinatra since he was in the first. This is technically a sequel to his movie, but he was 71. <laughs> he also oh. is the one that sings Let It Snow, which is the one that we were talking about all throughout the movie. Of That's what he's humming or ah. singing in the movie. So it could have been mm. a Christmas musical with Frank Sinatra. Mm. <laughs> he could have been singing it, wow. but instead it was imagine? Al. Oh my God. Die Hard Musical is like a thing now, right? Like, like a musical, like a show? Is if, it? If not, I mean, we're doing it. I thought it was. Everything's what? a musical now. Sounds what? familiar. What, uh, Die Hard? Don't listen to me, yeah. Move on. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Frank Sinatra passed as the screenwriters were hoping he would because there's no way you can make this movie with a 71-year-old Frank Sinatra. Uh, the actor they had in mind and what they were writing the screenplay with, like, the dialogue intended for uh, was Clint Eastwood. Hmm. Uh, ironically, Clint like Eastwood that. passed because he didn't get the humor of the movie. Here's I'm just going to list off all the actors that passed in this movie. Well, it's interesting because the two you've mentioned didn't come up in my research. Really? <laughs> I, no, there's, like, there's a lot. long list. I have Sylvester Stallone, Richard Gere... Harrison Ford, Burt Reynolds, Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, Don Johnson, Richard Dean Anderson, Paul Newman, James Caan, Al Pacino, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Robert De Niro, John Travolta, Charles Bronson, and Kurt Russell. Yeah, you, Did you, I miss anyone? You said all the ones on my list, uh, but I, the list that I had had an order to it. They said that it, it started with Arnold. Huh. Then went to Stallone, Burt Reynolds, Richard Gere, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, and they landed on Bruce Willis. But then immediately on like the next website I went to, it said that it was Robert De Niro right before Bruce Willis. So I was like, hmm, there's something yeah. weird here, and I can't figure out what the right answer is. Alternate casting's hard because you don't know like how many of these people were actually offered the role and turned down, and how many were like, oh, we were considering them at some point. Yeah, or like, I mean, like, were the agents involved? You know, I think the only two movies that would have been good are Bruce Willis and 71-year-old Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the Me only too. two diehards that I want in my yeah. life. Burt Reynolds would have been pretty hilarious. Yeah, from from, like, bad, from the bad people bad we mentioned, hilarious. who do you guys think would have been a, would have delivered a good movie? I wrote it on Harrison Ford. I I, I agree. 
I agree. Get off my plane. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think Schwarzenegger would have would have carried okay, you know? I think he would. Y- yippee Kaye, motherfucker, from him, dude. <laughs> yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Hasta la vista. <laughs> right. He has too many catchphrases so, already, you know? He's Austrian. I mean, well, Harrison yeah, Ford. That's true. He's, he's, he's going to sound like, you know, like, roll to us, like, probably like a German guy, you know? Well, we're going to be, like, really confused. <laughs> I just quoted Air Force One, which was just die, die hard, hard on a plane. plane. Yeah. And then. Yeah, what, what's funny is that a lot of these actors that passed in the role ended up doing the same versions thing. of Die Hard. Like Stallone did uh, Cliffhanger, which is uh-huh. Die Hard in a Mountain. And, uh, <laughs> so, they like, should just like, officially uh, change all the titles of every movie ever to Die Hard on a mountain, mountain. with whatever's different in about the sea. It. Die Hard with the guys from Workaholics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Game over. Did you come up with any research of why everyone was passing on this movie? Uh, no, but judging that the director wanted to pass on it because he thought the script was really bad, and oh, then he yeah. was like, the only way I'll page? make it is if we, if I can rewrite more than half of it, uh, yeah. I would bet that it was the script that everybody was like, this is a piece of trash, dude. Like just a bunch of terrorists shooting things up. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. And you but, said it was yeah. 35 pages, right? Like, well, no, they, they, they... It, there was a full script and then they rewrote everything but 35 pages. Oh, script. okay. So it was probably a bad oh. script. Yeah, so it's probably all these actors were like, I don't, I'm not going to be a part of this. Or like the ending probably was terrible and they were like, yeah. there's uh, nothing coming back from this. Yeah. And then when McTiernan was like, I'm going to rewrite everything on the spot. And Bruce Willis was like, I want TV, bro. Get me into a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, what was so Bruce this was Willis his doing first, at the time? Was this right. his first movie? This, that's a good segue. Okay. So this is his third movie. His first two movies were not successful. So he was okay. almost being written off by Hollywood. It's like, uh, this guy was, he's, he's on a popular TV show called Moonlighting, which is very not action starry. He's like, uh, it's like a soap opera, isn't it? it kind of. He's like, a, it's a romantic comedy. He's a te- as he, like a female heartthrob. Uh, he's got a bunch <laughs> of like wisecracks on the show. Totally unproven as a movie star, especially an action movie star. But 20th Century Fox was desperate for somebody to be cast in the role, and his agent knew it and was like, hey, you know, this is kind of outside of my client's line of work. He's going to need a pretty big paycheck if he's going to take this movie. So they ended up giving him $5 million, which was about as much as any other actor like was being paid at that time in 1988. Unheard of amount. Yeah. And it was wow. really controversial because... You know, you know, they needed to get approval from the president of Fox, Rupert Murdoch, and they thought it was going to fuck up the whole business, that actor was going to demand more money. Right. And this guy was unproven. So that would have been like Arnold's cut would have been the same, and he was huge. Yeah, like... It's, Something like it. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, when the trailer started coming out for Die Hard, as soon as they saw that Bruce Willis was a star, the audience started laughing and booing at... Because they wow. only knew him as this, oh, man. you know, romantic comedy guy, and they thought it was hilarious that he was the guy headlining an action movie. Great, and he was a very unlikable actor. Didn't the they uh, change the movie poster to take his face off of it? Yeah, they originally had you know him prominently on the on the poster, like his face, and then and then as soon as they saw the the feedback from the trailers, they took his face completely off the poster. They put his name in very small font. So almost like they were trying to hide the fact that he's the star that they paid $5 million wow. to be in the movie. Because wow. they thought that people would not want to see it. So that it's just the building was the star of the movie. And now Bruce Willis, you know, what do, what do you guys think of when you think of Bruce Willis in his Action career? star. Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah literally Die Hard. And then like Friends, first. you know. 
Yeah, six maybe six first. Yeah, <laughs> true. I would definitely. I mean, think Pulp Fiction was great. I mean, I can't element. picture him without a gun Fulfillment. in his hand, personally. <laughs> so like, what? But like back then, like what? Like I feel like it would have taken a while for that to turn over for like people to change their mind, right? Um, I'm curious. Took, like, how, that... about, uh, how long is the movie? Two hours? <laughs> I guess. But for it's, that over really two hours. it's over two hours. It's over two hours. Two hours, fifteen minutes. I guess for that to spread without, you know, they just had, you know. Well, to be know, fair, like when he first when he first gets on, it, he, his like facial expressions and like his little like one liners, you're just like, the fuck is this dude doing? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. even throughout it, he's like squinty eyed and he's like, yeah. You know what? Wait, what Bruce you, Willis. He sees results though. Oh, no, but like, just like his like one-liners, and he's like when he's talking to our guy, I was like, "You ask a lot of questions." Yeah. I've got and some like, some one-liners that I wrote down. New York City cop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's ready for action. Yeah, he was very close-eyed during that he's interaction. Just like, yeah. Always squinting his eyes. Yeah. Here's, like, here's a one-liner. Uh, this is a party line, and the neighbors have itchy trigger fingers. <laughs> wow. But That's yeah. when uh, he's talking to Al, the cop, down on the radio, and uh, the bad felons are listening in. I think yeah. you're right, though. At the beginning, it's a little bit shaky, but he really does prove himself as, Towards you the, know, Yeah, like, a, when I, because, like I said, this is my first time watching it, I literally was like, oh, it's going to be, like, a rough watch. <laughs> yeah. It starts off slow. He earns it. I wonder if, the, like, the beginning was the stuff that was, if they start, if they filmed it chronologically. And then, because the, I thought the movie got... Better, as way it better, a hundred percent, yeah. And and also his performance is sort of like, oh, he's got, yeah, he's like sort of got this lazy, like I'm too cool to say yes. like whatever I'm saying. Because he really starts get. out, he yeah. starts out out of his element. Huh. And he's then all of a from sudden, New York to LA. <laughs> yeah. sudden, all of a sudden, a bunch of people oh, show California up with machine guns, and he's like, "This is my, this is my time to shine." <laughs> and like, he does, and he starts being smart, which we don't always see action heroes being smart. We see them being. He stronger talks, and better at guns. He talks to himself a lot too, <laughs> yeah, which is guns. like either like likable or it's not likable because he's like, "Come on, what are you doing?" And you're like, "Think, oh. think." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's trying to be like an ordinary guy, you know? Like he's and, and completely. Yeah, Jake, you're right. It's kind of unconventional thinking with yeah. him, you know, with, the, with kind of this whole movie. You yeah. know, it's it's very unconventional. Uh, it, it's it's also the type of movie where the bad guys actually hit their targets when they shoot. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like he gets shot at one point, uh, maybe twice. Wait, Does yeah, what happens twice? with that? They don't even like go he into got that shot at the, in the end. Arm. He's tough. No, I know, but yeah. they don't even go into that at the end of the movie when he gets rescued. He just has a firefighter's jacket on. Well, once you put a blanket over them, they're they're safe. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. if you've seen movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've never watched it. a movie. Sorry, guys, this is my first movie I've ever watched. <laughs> they put a blanket over. Uh, Carl, and then he came back to life. Oh, true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Forgot that's about that the one. Real, yeah, that's the real <laughs> secret for but this movie. Oh, wait. It's, it's pointing to something unique about this action role because this is the time where Schwarzenegger and Stallone were dominating the action movie sure. box office. Sure, yeah. And they always play these, like, superhuman action right. stars where they they seem almost invincible and you Roided. can't even touch Mando. them. And, uh, and then Bruce Willis, you know, he's basically hiding from the bad guys this whole movie. <laughs> He gets more and more vulnerable throughout the movie. Like his feet get torn up. Like by the end of the movie, he's just like, you know, uh, so yeah, he's hobbled. Yeah, it was just a different kind of action star that became more relatable. Because um, you know, at the beginning, he's kind of demasculated. His wife isn't 
calling herself by his last name anymore. She's she's now the big breadwinner. She's like the more successful one. Like he's risking divorce. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have his masculinity anymore. And the movie is about him sort of reclaiming that With in a murder. way. Yeah, in a way that's relatable to <laughs> the men of the time. Uh, so that that's actually something I thought they did really well with this movie was uh, when he first gets to what is it Nakatomi Tower? Uh, yeah, Nakatomi uh, Plaza. Plaza, Nakatomi Plaza, and he goes to like punch in his wife's name, and yeah. he looks for McLean, and and he's like, what? And then he like checks the you know G and mm-hmm. sees her name there, and yeah. he's like. She's not even using my name anymore. That would hurt. And they didn't explicitly say it. They implied it very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And so, like, if you're not really paying attention or if you're not thinking about it, it's going to pass you by. But if you're paying attention to the movie, you're like, hey, like, so much for wife. What the hell? It had only yeah. been six months, we find out later. And it's like, like that yeah. would hurt. And she says it was for business, which makes sense. But from his perspective in that moment, I was like, dude. There's like four different people fucking in that same like setup to <laughs> yeah. that scene. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's a great writing device. To... And in the long run, it was very smart. Oh, because? Because he didn't know that that was his wife. Yeah. Because they find out his name. They don't know oh, McLean. She, she can tell Hans Gruber. Mm. She's she's Miss. Yeah. Yeah. That been over. Yes. Been over Which really just sets up Ellis's ability to sell him out. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what you were saying because it's a different kind of action movie. They're not super. He's not a superhuman. He fights like one to two people at a time, and he barely gets away. And that's why our kill count is so quote unquote low uh, compared to like obviously Commando and and others. Oh, yeah. They throw an entire army at him and he yeah. just fights him off single hand. Eleven, <laughs> eleven bad guys die in this movie, and yeah. it's like people are watching it thinking, you know, I think I could do that. I think I could kill eleven guys <laughs> yeah. and save the the hostages. Yeah. I think I could make my wife love me again. <laughs> so no, yeah, yeah. So zero. So how many deaths happened after this movie? Oh, in <laughs> real life, <laughs> a lot. All, all of the ones. Everybody saw the guy redeem himself after killing the 13-year-old, and they were like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I had here a we are today um, yeah. was how did they get the prisoners or the, the hostages to the roof so quickly? That's like a 40-story building. They do have high-speed elevators. Yeah, but that's a lot of people. Mm. That's like the whole office. Uh, they, they did get like everybody up there like right away. Right away. That was one thing that I thought. I oh. was like, how did they do that? Which, <laughs> if they're trying to like hurt people, like how are the gunmen? And he's like picking gunmen off. It's like, how are there even enough gunmen to hurt? Yeah, you that had to do like multiple elevator trips for sure. That's a good question. You know, that Plot also made to... cardio. Re- <laughs> reminds me of when they kill the like guy that's in charge in the office. In like the office, yeah, and the Carl, I think he like He's runs out because he thinks he hears Bruce Willis, and there's blood all over the entire window and the door handle, but the guy mm. gets no blood on him when he opens the door, even yeah. though he just shot him. Mm. Yeah, that was yeah. something that bugged me. Sorry. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I couldn't help but uh, notice. It. I was like, hmm, they got up there pretty quick. You're okay, but yeah, it was a good-looking office. You know, people were in shape. I think. Generally, <laughs> a lot of attractive. Yeah, yeah, quick, uh, quick thirty foot. Run up the stairs. You got a machine gun behind you. It, it puts some. I mean, they all ran. If you watch of any of them run, like especially the police officers or SWAT, they're running really fast down there. It's because they had 
extra loud blanks to inspire yeah. them. <laughs> and they're, they're were those real? Yeah. I, I love it when actors run for real. <laughs> <laughs> so Die Hard does not translate well in other languages. Mm. The title, you mean? Yeah, the title. I love it. Yeah, it's like an imperative, but like, yeah, it's like a weird, yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it in the English? Well, I don't know. So, like oh, going to tell, like, tell us what it like translated to in other countries for premieres or oh, something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, okay. But like, <laughs> it, what, in Spanish. Tough like, nut. Muerte. <laughs> what? No, I'm not joking. Tough Nut. I googled how many diehards there were, and it said Tough Nut, also known as Die Hard by some English speakers due to the name of the popular action film franchise using the same title in Russia. Wait, so what is it called? Tough it's, in nut. Russia, it's tough called nut. Tough, tough Nut. nut. <laughs> yeah, I, I did come across like a like several different translations of the name, but I didn't understand why, like, why so would hard? anybody care about that piece of trivia? So I didn't write any of them down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, but, then, but now that I'm thinking about it like that, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it like we that. We should all make our own. Actually, that'd be better. Mine's oh. die good. <laughs> die soft. Die goodly. <laughs> well, I, ha- I have a few countries here. Can I give us a few? If you guys are interested. Yeah. yeah. Um, Spanish. It was the Crystal Jungle. The what? F- what? Because of the glass? The fuck? I think so. Bro, that is. Feet. Polish. It was the glass trap. Probably the fuck? Why is everyone obsessed with the glass? Because of his feet. His little feet. Yeah. Shoot the glass. And finish it was over my well, dead body. Right, really quick, going back to that scene, he says something and the guy looks at me, he's like, Shoot the glass. Yeah. And oh, he like yeah. said it in like German first and the guy didn't understand. Jake was setting that whole scene up and then we like <laughs> oh, totally yeah. like did a U turn and then we never went back. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say something, but it's okay. <laughs> Do you wanna you want me to finish that yeah. sentence and you can edit it? Or not edit yeah. it? It's yeah. up to you. John McClane, he catches Hans. <laughs> He's got the machine gun pointed at him. Hans pretends to be a hostage. Oh, oh, he does an American accent. And then he sees, he gets a little bit of inside information, but Bruce Willis sees through his shit, right? So he's like, I don't know, I'm going to give him an unloaded gun just to check this guy out. And Hans, you know, shoots him with the unloaded gun. Boom. They get away from each other, and Hans is like, I know this guy is barefoot now. Shoot all this glass out. And they basically... Remove his ability to run for the rest yeah. of the movie. Like, he's, like, limping for the entire movie now. He goes to the bathroom, and he's wrapping up his feet. He's having, like, his long romantic talks with his police partner. Ow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, bro. Like, that everybody's listening to on the radio, and we talked about that. And that was the true romance of this movie, because he doesn't get to talk to his wife. So they were just like, let's replace all the scenes where you would talk to your wife and have him talk to Al and use, like, the same music and use the same mood lighting be like, you know, Al, if I get out of here, <laughs> tell her. And he's like, well, what did sorry. you do, Al? Did you, did you run over your sergeant's foot? And Al's like, I shot a 13 year old kid. <laughs> and it's it was just, dark. It's romantic. Yeah. It's, it was yeah. always he's funny. a good listener. He's a good talker, too, you know, after the whole thing. Yeah. He became a therapist. And she did fall back in love with him. And, and she calls her by herself by his name mm, at the yeah. end. Yeah. And John McClane walks out at the end and me- meets eyes with Al. Yes, and they <laughs> yeah. have a whole oh, moment. Yeah. They have they, a whole moment. That's yeah. great. That yeah. is great. And then, yeah. and then his John's wife is there, and Al's like, you take good care of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hands him off man. to her. Uh, I like when he's like sitting on the sink and like picking the glass out of his feet. It's almost yeah. like he's like painting oh. his toenails or something and like Oof. on the phone with his, you know, with, his, uh, <laughs> with his nans, but you know, a little casual. Yeah. Die, yeah, hard, die hardified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
goddamn terrorists. You know, you know these guys. I just thought that was a great um, a moment that I hadn't seen before, where Hans, the main bad guy, gets caught early, and just pretends not really to smart. be the main that bad guy. That was really guy. smart on his. Uh, Quick thinking. Yeah. So that was an example of uh, they're rewriting the movie as they're shooting it because Beautiful. they were like, ah, we don't really have a showdown between the hero and the villain. And uh, and then someone on set asked Alan Rickman, can you do an American accent? And he's like, oh, I can do like this one. And they're like, they thought it was so funny. They're like, oh, we got to write that into the movie. And Almost that's how funny. that scene uh I'm so glad you said that. I was Almost hoping you'd say that. Almost as good as German accent. Oh, did you watch the? Uh, no, no. I was just thing? hoping that that was the case when you were talking oh. about that it was made up as it went, because yeah. the story does take you on these twists and turns that would happen if you didn't actually know where your writing was going until you were making the movie, and that was one of the good ones. Yeah. Real quick, um, what was it? I, I can't remember the context. Does anyone remember Arafat? What was what was that? Yeah, I just yeah, wrote it down CEO real quick. He was complimenting. Um, so the 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 Japanese president guy. Yes. Whatever his name is. Alan Rickman's like, oh I yeah, I have a me. nice suit. I have two of those myself. I hear uh, Arafat shops the same. I thought it was like Yasser Arafat or something. Yeah. yeah so who's, so that? who's that guy? Yasser, Yasser Arafat. Do you know? I thought it was like a Saudi like a like a. Like Terry, Prince, Prince or yeah, something? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Terry, yeah, Terry maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the only Arafat I've, I know. Interesting. I think the coldest. I actually, I actually looked it up. I actually did the movie because I was like, "Is that Yasser Arafat?" And then it wasn't. He didn't have too many suits on. It was just more Middle Eastern side, you know, like yeah, get the wear. robe on. That yeah. makes sense. So, but I mean that's the only connection I made to it. One of the coldest lines that uh, Alan Rickman says to the Japanese like president or whatever before he shoots him is like, "Ah, it's a really nice shoe." It'd be be ashamed to waste it so like you can tell he's like he's feels so much more bummed that he's gonna the destroy suit the, the suit person than, yeah yeah uh I've, I've got a good alan rickman line you ask for miracles i give you the f b i it's a good one well and that's when uh they've got six of the seven locks unlocked and uh the only other lock has to be open remotely and uh, they have to like cut the circuit, but they can't do it from uh, the plaza. So they need to shut. They, they need to do it downtown. And so how do they do it? They make it a federal terrorist case so that the FBI has to step in, and the FBI has to shut down power to the building, which can only be done in downtown. And so you know, again, it's like they they know they need to get this one lock out of seven locks undone. And so that's why he says that. Smart know, he's, he's like, the FBI is so predictable, essentially. Johnson that's and Johnson. Awesome. <laughs> uh, what do you guys all think of uh, Alan Rickman as the bad guy? Beautiful. I like him. He's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah I thought it was Minus good. his accent. I'm going <laughs> to retract real quick from the last one, but I liked when he's, uh, he, he uh, walked out after killing Ellis and saying, he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. He won't be joining us is so good for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's funny. That was, uh, well, that no, was he, a good he said that about a uh, 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 like uh, president. Yeah. Oh, was the president? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. What's, what's the name of the tower again? Nakatomi. Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi Plaza. Nakatomi is the guy. No, it's it starts with a T. Yeah, it's a T. Takanome. But also, Alan Rickman pronounced San Pedro wrong. He said San Pedro. That was my He's not from Pedro. here. Oh. You know, I, I, I can have one more idea to justify his accent. He talks about 
his formal education yes. multiple times. So being classically mm. So educated. say he is a mm. classically British law, Oxford type education, right. he could have picked up the accent over there. Genius. He's a German, German educated in yeah. Oxford. Well, yeah. I was thinking that too, because even the other guy who was at the um, at the front desk when the when the cop came, when Al came, he you know he he was also good at just switching his accent up. Yeah. You know, no, so he it was feels American. like the, the whole he was trying to do American, yeah. No, he no, was... he was just American. Mm. He was always he always just like was the. He? You mean the guy watching football at the I front desk? He was, I thought yeah. he was like finessing him, coming up with some. He was. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, to I me, could see, see that. No, to me, I he thought was. He was just so so to me, like yeah. clearly, this whole crew. Is kind of like yeah, highly educated or Devastated. something. Oh, one thousand Highly cultured, you know what I mean? The ability to kind of what is he? Like, what does he call? Yes. What does he call him? He's like you're yes, just let's... like a you're just like a nothing thief, but he's like I'm a high class thief or something. You still six hundred dollars? Just a simple thief. Yeah. Just a simple thief. He goes, no, okay. I'm a. But he has like a. I'm a phenomenal thief or something, something like, like that. that and it was just like a oh well, it's okay. yeah i get it well it's funny because it's really it really is a heist movie when mm-hmm. you think about it you know obviously so i mean oh well, it's more than a christmas movie it's there's it's a heist <laughs> christmas it's action a christmas movie. movie with a little bit of heist to it yeah there's i mean there's no, there's no crew assembly christmas? or any you know whatever but yeah <laughs> totally totally heist like yeah if, if you look back on cliffhanger like that whole gang it's like such a ripoff of Die Hard, like just <laughs> yeah. It's another highest. They player. got a, a European like genius, you know, well-educated yeah. guy and his whole like crew. Of, they yeah. did. They like did Ocean's really Eleven. Well. Really, and he's yeah. just like literally a park yeah, ranger, exactly. right? What's that? Is he, he's yeah. like a ranger. Oh, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, just a, like a average. He's ranger. trying to do the right thing. <laughs> I'm a New York City climber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> done this for 11 years well, what was up with the scene in the beginning when they're cutting the wires and the dude just comes up with the yeah, I chainsaw i didn't get that i was either. a little confused by what that like implied. why one brother like, was trying mean? to clip yeah. them and, and like, then the other one don't do it yeah he was doing it the, the technical like way of cutting him, wires like, have relief yeah. that he like didn't do whatever the hell he thought it was gonna happen or i think he might have beat him to it like he he finished the right way of doing it by clipping the red wire or whatever as, and then by the time he finished that last yeah swipe of the chainsaw he had already kind of yeah jeffrey Dahmer look-alike yeah yeah you know it's a bad crew and jeffrey Dahmer's. Part of it. He's also in um, Book of Mormon. <laughs> but yeah, were they like brothers or like two brothers? No, um, but yeah, like. Brothers. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> two brothers. Like two dragons. <laughs> Armada coming. Yeah, so anyway. Oh um, um, Dakota, who's also you know part of the podcast, he was originally supposed to be here tonight, but he, he got sick. Uh, and he said he was really bummed about not being able to talk about Alan Rickman because he loves this movie. He loves Alan Rickman as a, as a villain. So I texted him before I came on being like, so what What'd you like so much about Alan Rickman? And I'll just read what he said. He says, uh, I love him because he's so intimidating and not because of his size or use of violence. He just comes off as in control and smarter than everyone else. Die Hard is an action movie, but it's really a battle of wits between Gruber and McClane. Also, Hans Gruber is a 10 out of 10 bad guy name. <laughs> True. Uh, wow. wow. He also doesn't talk for the first part of the movie, and by the time he does, you already know he's a bad motherfucker. Yippee ki yay. That's great, yeah. Uh, Yippee ki yay. So uh, I'm curious what your research said on that, because I, I only was able to do a little bit on it, and it was confusing. Yeah, so as you guys have known by now, uh, Steven D'Souza, famous action writer, was rewriting the movie kind of around Bruce Willis because he's writing with John McTiernan 
And uh, so him and Bruce are having these writing sessions, and they realize they both have a bond over watching this childhood cowboy TV show, uh, Roy Rogers. And there's a, uh, Roy Rogers has a catchphrase, yippee ki And so they wrote that childhood like cowboy uh, fascination into the, the show. And I think the yippee ki line may have even been improv, but it, there was some conflicting research around that. But. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, I was, because uh, <laughs> the research that I saw on it, I was like, that it, it just doesn't check out. It doesn't seem right. Uh, and, and so what I saw on it was it's like a common phrase in Urdu, which is like a Pakistani <laughs> language. Um, <laughs> and it's it translates to here, eat this, so, which I, I went and typed that into Google Translate and had it translated and it didn't. I don't think right. that's r- where'd you get that one? Uh, from some website. So, so I was just mm. like, huh, interesting. You know, it says this one thing. Can't verify it with Google, and, and I gotta say it did sound. It was a lot of the same like uh, monemes, like a lot of the same like syllables in there, but uh, it what it didn't it didn't sound like yippee kaye. It was like it was almost like uh, like like yip yay kai. It was like it was like backwards kind of. Uh. So I just thought that that was weird, and especially that it translated to here eat this because it's kind of like. You know, if you're gonna like cap somebody, like here, eat this motherfucker, <laughs> bam, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. You know, it's, it like, it's kind of the same thing. So yeah. then, right when he says the line in the movie, and he's like kind of like backing into the doorway, uh, it cuts over to the news station, and kind of like indiscernibly, there's like some camera people yelling at the anchor, and the anchor says, "Eat it, Harvey." Mm-hmm. And I mm. thought it was really interesting because I'm like, oh, they just said yippee ki And this guy says, eat it, Harvey. And it's like, oh, like, as if hmm. he's saying the same thing. So I was wondering, like, oh, is that is that from the same? Like, oh, I eat know. it. Like, I, I, I do think that Roy Rogers in the TV show did say yippee ki or yippee tie uh, as part of the, his catchphrase on the show. And I would think it was well, a and that's that. also the tie-in of him calling himself Roy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, Which, know, do you know? Do you know how? But both of those, like, I mean, both of those weirdly do tie into the movie. So it's like, yeah, which one is it, or is it both? Mm. Yeah, and if, and if he's like quoting it, then he might be misquoting it. Mm-hmm. So there, kind of adds po- That's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, unless you like, do you know how he was using it, uh, like Roy Rogers? No, I've never seen okay. that. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Well, uh, like, I I just read it was a uh, like an expression of joy, but it's also used like like startle, it's like uh, like an opponent, like someone that you're. About to fight? Yeah. Someone you're about to force feed. Yeah, it sounds like someone you're about to load with fucking something. Some bullets, you know? Fun fact, uh, Roy Rogers and Del Evans, who is his third wife, they have exits out by where I live or I'm from because Uh. they died in Apple Valley. (laughs) You mean in in Barstow? Mm -hmm. Barstow? Apple Valley. I'm from Barstow, yeah. But I think it's cool, too, how it's almost like a cultural battle in a weird way. The whole cowboy thing and, you know, American way yeah. and da-da-da. Not even like a cultural battle so much as just like, you know, very Americana. Very Americana. Because, like, also it's like a corporate setting, like a very kind of like, uh, I don't know, just like American, American situation. Yeah. Yes. That ties the character John McClane to, uh, to an American. Yes action right. hero right yeah exactly because uh, he's in particular with the values of like being a cowboy and the western frontier and all that mm-hmm. yeah. which is often made fun of in movies as we've learned 
so one one thing I noticed is the shipping truck that they use to like drive into the basement, and they've got all the stuff on there. It's Pacific Courier is mm-hmm. the you know which which is a shipping company. I've never thought anything weird about it being from the West Coast because that's a shipping company for real. Uh, but it's kind of interesting. Pacific Courier is like the bringer of peace. Uh, ironic. Huh. Yeah. Mm. And, huh. and it's the bad guys. That's the name of their truck. So, you know, there weird you note. Uh, 74 and 9 tenths cents for gas. <laughs> I noticed Solid. that too. That's my favorite quote. Man, it, 75 cents for a gallon of gas. That's Can crazy. You imagine. And it's not like the price of the dollar has gone up four to five times as much since 1988. It's just no. the price of gas has. And this summer, we were paying yeah. like almost seven. I don't know if I ever actually went over seven. Just out of like principle. Yeah, out of principle. I'll I run did, on fumes. I did notice in the valley, it's getting below five dollars again. Oh, I, 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 I got it below it four dollars. I got four. Yeah, I got four like four ten the other day. Yeah, I, so I've heard that we're gonna go under three pretty soon. I went to Costco today, today and I got three ninety nine. Wow, oh, right. beautiful. Oh, yeah. That means Love the rest it. of the country is probably. Oh, doing yeah, much better. I mean, it has, it has been doing much better. They're at 75 yeah. cents right now. I was just right in North now. Carolina. Nine temps. All right, so the next quote that I have is uh, is actually from Holly, and it's one of my favorite moments in the film because they, like, she can tell she's with like the group of people on the floor that are all kind of held captive, and she can tell there's like something bad that's happening, and she's looking, and she's like, it's John. Mm-hmm. And her friend goes like, "How do you know?" And she says, <laughs> "Only John can drive someone that crazy." Okay. <laughs> that was a good one. The perfect line of being like, "Such you're a wife, you're Such done a wife with him, thing. but also attracted to him at the same time." Yeah. Well, and, and I think the line itself is not that impressive, but the execution of it was like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. She was smirking. I, the other, yeah, the other woman had no idea. Is uh, young Dustin. Bruce Willis? You, you said he's a rom com star. Is he like a super hottie? Is that like? Oh yeah, he was, dat- he was dating Demi Moore this time. Oh and wow, he was well, a they big married. TV star. They got married and had three kids. I think it was funny, and they do this in a lot of movies to let people know that the main character is attractive. Is that they will in this movie? I don't know if you guys, you must have noticed it was very obvious. He gets up to unboard the plane, and a flight attendant is like getting <laughs> past him, and she's uh, just yes. like staring into his yeah. eyes like the whole time she passes by him. Yeah. And uh, he goes on with it. And I remember that exact moment also happens in the sequel in Die Hard 2. What's the point Like of with that? another airport with, 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 yeah, with the, with the woman young. working at the desk inside yeah. of the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a second. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's guy. faithful to his wife. What's the point of including that scene? I think it's just, well, yeah. To show that he's flirting. attractive. Yeah, he's and Respect. Even though he's hot, he still loves his wife and that's what he's there for. And also... Just uh, people watching can be like, yeah, this dude pulls. Like, <laughs> His name isn't this big, you know, on the poster at first, but yeah, after that, that's why up. Exactly. Bruce Willis. Yeah. That's why they added it in. So I've got one from the hacker villain. He's like trying to hack into the system, and it asks him like, "Do you wish to proceed?" And his quote is, you bet your ass I wish to proceed. <laughs> yeah. That guy was a super genius. He you was a computer hacker. He was an engineer. He was doing hardware. He was doing yeah. part-time like security. security. Yeah. But he can't fight. Argyle yeah. beat the shit out of him. He was killing Facts. Him. Yeah, Argyle gave him the hands, dude. One. Oh, my God. They didn't bring him along just for his personality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though he was like, half the time. It's another good line. My last line here, which is 
another one of my favorite lines of the whole movie is uh, from Agent Johnson to Agent Johnson. He said, just like Saigon, hey, slick. <laughs> and then the other Johnson is like, I was in junior high school, you dickhead. <laughs> this is in the helicopter so scene. So good, yeah. Yes. That was solid. They decided to go themselves to be <clears throat> in the helicopter sniping at uh, John McClane. Puts on a fitted hat backwards and... And it leads to their deaths, yeah. to their demise. Dean, yeah. do you have a, a line that stuck out to you? Um, yeah, basically when he's about, and I didn't really notice the thing about when he's going into the um, company directory when he's at the when he first enters the building. Yeah, when he goes in and he's like to the computer, he just says "cute toy." Yeah. Isn't like <laughs> interesting? I don't know. I was really, it's oh, yeah. silly, but like cute I also toy. think it's interesting, like as like a relationship with technology. Like it's '88. And like computers, especially in a like corporate setting, are like probably like they're pretty mainstream at that point. But they're still kind of like I don't know. Terminator is like wait, is Terminator out yet? Uh, yeah, ter- the first one is yeah. So like even that, just like almost not trusting technology. Like there was kind of like an, a, a vibe of that in a way. Like him just to say like cute toy, like not <laughs> not to be you it's know like taken con- seriously. It's like conservative values like resisting yeah, the change very, element, but also right. being aware that it's happening. Like her her his wife's doing business with Japan, and that time Japan's economy was skyrocketing so everyone's like right all those movies in the 80s are like oh we gotta do business with japan but yeah that's, that's another interesting tidbit is uh at one point in the writing of the movie the computer was like central to the script interesting. and then at a certain point they abandoned that huh. so there was like okay. stuff that kind of carried over and it doesn't totally make a ton of sense so like uh yeah like a cortana mm. to, or like whatever like a yeah like a central yeah central computer person what is it like talking or uh no it was like uh just like controlling the elevators and the doors and the okay. you know all that kind of stuff uh, which you know it still kind of does and they even like they have a couple quotes in there to kind of tie it together but uh, yeah they abandoned yeah. the idea he's not really like anti technology but I don't know he uses he uses the C four that's he's like, just a gritty guy <laughs> he's a cowboy <laughs> he's a cowboy exactly, exactly. exactly. comes back to the cowboys the that's right <laughs> and that then right. in live free or die hard that's kind of the main thing in that whole movie because that's like a hacking central that's mm. the fourth in the series that that's was justin the, long that's the justin long iteration yeah uh, his with son. bald bruce willis he's bald and madder than ever <laughs> <laughs> i had a favorite quote as well um, okay bruce willis finally gets a hold of the emergency services who are like you're <laughs> yes. not supposed to be calling there he's like hey there's 30 hostages and nine guys with machine guns yeah you're not supposed to be calling me on this line right now this is for emergencies and bruce says no fucking shit lady do i sound like i'm ordering a pizza <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes love it that was my favorite line too and then okay. gunshots happen and then the lady's like oh, oh. gunshots are so loud <laughs> Let's send one cop. Uh, yeah, send one cop. That... <laughs> Those specialty blanks were too much. Yeah. Well, and that was like, was that the second incident too? Because the, he had pulled the fire alarm already. Yeah, yeah because yeah, the yeah, fire yeah. trucks That's in the Ralphs. That's fire alarm. Yeah. So, so it's like, oh, weird. That's the same address as earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do think, though, that not many other people on that list from earlier of people who turned down the role could have, like, delivered a line, like, like that, like, it, without it yeah. being, like... Uh, De Niro should have. Like, like, I could never point. see Richard Gere in that. Like, no. <laughs> maybe no. Swartz, maybe Schwarzenegger. Maybe Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger wouldn't be able to. No, I don't... Well, it reminds me of, like, the tumor line or something like that with some humor, you know what I mean? Like, not a tumor. Schwarzenegger doesn't make the swear words... 
like hit Griffin. the way that Bruce Willis does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson yeah, yeah. would have been able to do it. <laughs> yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah. No, fuck probably. no fucking shit. Like that would have been a little bit more. <laughs> Actually, I just thought of a, a line a that darker. I could quote. Um, so you know that the the two FBI agents are both named Johnson, and so one guy picks up the phone. And he's like, "Yeah, this is Agent Johnson." No, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> the other what, Johnson. The other one. Well, one's wait. There's Johnson one's little, and Little Johnson. One special Little Agent little Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> and the other one is Special what? Agent Johnson. Special AKA Johnson. It literally said like on the thing when it like when you paused it, it was like yeah. the names of the actors, and it was like the cast. Special yeah, Agent yeah. Little Johnson, and then wow. Special Agent Johnson. Yeah. That's hilarious. I noticed that too. <laughs> Do you think so they funny. said that, or that was just a fun thing for the script to like? No, they said that. Oh. I'm just kidding. I don't know. When I think it makes sense too, because. You know, if the one guy was in Saigon and the other one was in junior high, then one of them is clearly junior to the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Junior. Little. Johnson. They wrap it mm-hmm. up. You know, they they plug those plot holes. I'm aging Little Johnson. Except for the blood on the... <laughs> Except for several of them. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a, a line? I don't have a line, but <laughs> when... I don't know. I can't remember exactly what happened right before, but then the Carl dramatically, like, shifts his head and, like, the music oh, stops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, no. It, yes. Oh, Carl. Uh, There's Carl. a great scene where he like turns around, and flips his hair, and the music oh, completely yeah. stops, and it's like so, I think it's when Hans like calls his name or something. Well, yeah, Hans is like uh, he's trying to pull Carl off of hunting. Yes. Uh, Bruce Willis's character, <laughs> and so he, it's, so he like he's like calling him off, and so he just looks back, and then you have like the the violas like chong chong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. That's good. That was wild. Oh, Unexpected. Holy. Vince, you got any... Uh... Yeah, any faves? Uh, yeah, actually, I had to look this one up. I mean, it, I just thought it was funny, but... Uh, I mean, after the... Going to the elevator shaft and the... I mean, on top of the roof, uh, John McClane's everywhere. He's just beat up, and he's finally in the, uh, the air duct, and uh, the guy's, like, poking around trying to find him. And uh, they finally leave, like, right before he's about to get caught. Like, he's about to, like shoot the terrorist mm-hmm. and uh, he's quoting his wife from earlier and he's like obviously said sarcastically like come out to the coast we'll get together have a few laughs <laughs>, <laughs> as, as he's like just like constantly just bleeding no shoes like trying to like survive and trying to save everyone is by pretty the funny. light of his lighter yeah <laughs> that's he's, a classic yeah yeah just going through like alright fucking hey, here we are fucking hey. Get together. <laughs> so I, I actually thought you were going somewhere else with that for a second because I remember this was like something that we were we were laughing at when we were watching the movie, and he's up on the roof and he's tying the fucking oh, yeah, yeah, around yeah, his yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what he says, but he just is like what just incredulous. He's like, just you're like, real fucking idiot, I can't John. believe this is fucking happening to me right now. He's <laughs> yeah. just tying the knot around. And he's like, please don't let me die. Yeah. So much of his scenes are just him by himself, and I really mm-hmm. like that he he talks to himself in sort of a way where you can sense his self-loathing. Like when he has the fight with his wife, and he's just alone in the mirror, and he's like, "Wow, really, really fucking great, John. Like real mature and, and like mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good yeah. He's got a narrative the movie even when he's by himself. You know, it's kind of I really think it's so similar to Home Alone in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. If you think about, it, he's alone he's in a John building, McClane. and there's like people after him, and all he can do is like hide or fuck like, up their plans. Mm-hmm. Fuck this up their plans. It. Like Can't you know what I mean? Like it's now. legit. Yeah. <laughs> but damn, dude. So uh, Al is the. Uh, the old man at yes. the other house. Oh, yes. Yes. Or yes. the bird lady. The little depending helper. On which the little helper, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's a, this it's, is more it's romantic uh, I, I kept, I kept thinking it. that throughout it. I really did, yeah. Christmas movie. 
Like so, hiding in the vent. Despite this being a Christmas movie, uh, it was released in the middle of summer, uh, mm. July 12th, 1988. It's rated R for strong language, some nudity, and violence. Uh, you guys want to guess how much money they spent making the movie? Oof. Ugh. In 88? Well, 88? The building was free. I'm I'd say that. I'm sure I know, so I'm, I'm going to hold that. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to go like a little... I'm just gonna go up to like 25. I think I'm gonna be a little. A I'll little take the hefty. over. One dollar, Bob. How over? The over. <laughs> the 25.1. Okay. So, All so, right. Well, so what, Jake, I, what I you, think I remember is uh, I would they initially 40. agreed to 10 million and they settled on 16. And it ended up being 28. Uh, do you, Do you know how it uh, ended up becoming so expensive? Because I didn't actually get to that. Was it, was it the up? helicopter? Was it his salary? I th- well, yeah, so five, five million of that for was one just actor. for Bruce Willis. Oh, wow. oh right. That's what and, uh, I was thinking. That's and then they I had like... to do all these practical effects, like they hired helicopters to like actually go down the avenue of the stars in Los Angeles. And it's pretty they rare. had to pay hush well, that... money to all the actors who went deaf from the extra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the health care yeah. bills. And... Yeah, the um, so it's $28 million, pretty big for 1988. They ended up making $84 million domestically. 142 million worldwide. Wow! It was the tenth highest grossing movie of 1988. What was the number one? What? That's uh, crazy. Rain Man. <laughs> yes. Oh, great movie! Wow! <laughs> I brought that. Uh, that one. That, I came, did, that came up earlier too. Yeah. Yeah. I did. That one made 355 million worldwide. <laughs> wow! Uh, this movie That's was high. nominated for That's four so Academy good. Awards. Wow. Damn. Damn! Sound, sound editing, visual effects, and film editing. Wow! Wow! Didn't win <laughs> they any. Didn't, so, so Vince, I was uh, I was talking with you about this earlier. How and, and I di- I didn't know that about this movie, but I I keep noticing that a bunch of these movies that we're picking for the podcast keep winning for sound and sound mixing. So I'm curious if like something I learned in in music school was that when you're doing audio for video, that everything audio is two-thirds of what you see because you have you know say two speakers your left and your right and then you have your video signal so it is kind of a joke it's kind of a dig at the video world you know like oh yeah well audio is (laughs) two-thirds but it's interesting that all these movies that we hold near and dear to our hearts are because the audio is so good i mean it's like oscar winning audio even though it's nowhere near the highest budget movie of the year or highest grossing or well, the the thing is, in the Academy Awards, they don't like picking an an action movie for like the yeah. famous ones for best picture, for Screenplay. best directing, mm. etc. And they're like, oh, it was good. Let's give it, let's give it to sound. So it's almost <laughs> like they throw it away. But I mean, yes, these action movies are brilliant in their sound design, obviously. So like, they deserve that. But it's also a way that they just kind of they snub they snub them for everything else. Mm. Rude. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You don't want to. Yeah. Not not well, can hi, you not, give not sound, highbrow enough. I mean, can you give a sound like a sound Academy Award to just a regular drama? Is that like you a, would think so, right? For I mean, that, I don't. I, I don't know. It would be interesting to just see the whole list of you know who won a sound. Many movies just just by virtue of having an explosion in it, then people like laymen voters in the academy are like oh well i know they had to do sound effects for that explosion so <laughs> sure they sure. must be really good at what they do <laughs> and like high energy like music like movies like um fire and, i'm yeah. thinking of baby driver like that would win sound stuff and music stuff and it's yeah. like mm. 
score. Mm. So, did it do well in Europe? I guess, but to, uh, real quick. Uh, so, our... it was one forty sixty or oh fifty eight million of the the money it grossed was international okay. outside of the U.S. I don't tough know how much. Nut. <laughs> tough oh, yeah, night. Oh yeah, Russia. Yeah. Well, tough night. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be curious to. Tough nut. That is, I think that's referring to like him. I think he's the tough nut. Yeah, like, not to crack. Well, like, like not even not uh. to crack, but like a crazy person. Like, oh. yeah, I don't know. Like Christmas related because the nutcracker. Ah, so many nuts. <laughs> so many nuts. I mean, it's right. Yeah. Speaking it's of the Russia, nutcracker, so. uh, that reminds me of what the <laughs> score is. Uh, it's Beethoven's Ninth. Yeah. Movement. Yeah, a lot of Beethoven's Ninth. Yeah, they've got Hans humming it in the elevator, uh, the hackers mm. humming it. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of like a, a rendition, what's the guy's name, uh, Michael Kamen? Yeah, the uh, composer? He, yeah. He, he doesn't exactly play Beethoven's Ninth, uh, but he he's definitely using the motifs and themes. The music was really it. good throughout this. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, he's... Obviously, what was the other movie he had done? Roadhouse. He did Roadhouse, Amazing but he's done movie. many other. He was Trace's like a very favorite. popular composer. Where's Dakota when you need? <laughs> to tie this into uh, my world, which is video games, the Die Hard arcade game. Did anybody play that? No. Mm. It was like a joystick and a couple of buttons game. Like this. Why do I feel like I played it at the arcade? You would play it at the arcade. That's where you would find it. Is it similar to like Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? Is that Skateland? Sort of like that, but more like 3D looking. Okay. And you were just basically climbing the tower and shooting bad guys. And it was pretty awesome. And you would pick up like that giant bazooka. Like that would be the thing that you could pick up. Yeah, the missile launcher that they had and shoot that at stuff. And then there was a helicopter that you were shooting. That's and it so was rad. crazy. And I remember keep putting quarters in, keep putting quarters in. I don't think I ever actually like finished the game. Like I made it to the roof and then I lost or whatever. Wow. But that was a game I always remembered as being obnoxiously fun. All of those quarters <laughs> went to Bruce Williams, $5 million. Yes, he <laughs> did. Great game. 10 out of 10. I would recommend. Any, any final thoughts before we do uh, final ratings? The haircuts were tricky. terrible. <laughs> Roxanne didn't like many of the haircuts. Yeah, specifically. Bangs. Yeah, you kept. Yeah, yeah you kept criticizing so them. Yeah. yeah, I thought Holly looked great. She yeah. She, she looked like those uh, bangs were a little. Yeah. They're a little yeah. short. A little dated. Just a little short. <laughs> Holly, Louia. You thought the guys' haircuts were bad too. The the crew. Yeah, just like you oh, know, no, those guys had sick hair. They had some yeah. quality this hair. This is the epitome of like the difference between guys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> cool haircut, dude. Like, There's like one scene where a bad guy is like diving down from like, I think it's like one story to another, and he like jumps down, and his hair stays like perfectly like the whole dive. I think I was, that's like, Fitz. Man, I think that was Fitz. There's like Fitz. so much hairspray in his hair. Fabio, he had like a really nice Brazilian blowout. Yeah. 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 That was totally. nice, you know. Totally. R.I.P. Bruce Willis had hair, so that's how old yeah. this movie was. On his chest. <laughs> On his chest. <laughs> Die Hard. It's a movie. Um, I thought it was really, really well done and very entertaining. This is only the second time I've seen it, I think. Uh, so, I enjoyed it a lot. Enjoyed it a lot the first time. I love the twists. I love the turns. Flawless. Not flawless, but, you know, it's really good. <laughs> and I would say that for entertainment, I think this movie is like, I'll keep watching this. So I'm going to give this movie a nine for entertainment. And then for my critic's choice score, 
I'm going to give this movie a nice, solid 7.5. And I'd give it an 8, except Al killed a 13-year-old, and we kind of just glossed right over <laughs> it. Uh, we were like, why do well, you still have He's apologetic badge? about it. <laughs> He felt yeah. really bad. He has Why a lot of remorse. Why are you still pointing a gun at this building? Uh, I don't understand. It stopped him from shooting people for a, Most solid, the like a solid two hours, two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, it's a good movie. Cool. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah. so this movie, it's an iconic action movie. This movie changed the way action movies are made. It's, it created Bruce Willis's career. It created John McTiernan's career. Like a, a bunch of movies people who are attached to this movie deserves that recognition however we just watched speed and i was watching this movie thinking like man i kind of wish that i was re-watching speed <laughs> because i think the pacing and speed is so it's so good like it starts off like right and and there was a moment in the beginning of die hard where i'm like i kind of wish that, like we were getting to something a little more like fast-paced or like i wish the movie had taken off by now and so i think it kind of drags in that way but um, it dropped so, below and, fifty miles per hour. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it takes a long time for that bus to get up to uh, a decent pace. So it's for that reason I'm gonna notch it a little bit lower than my entertainment score for speed, but it's still pretty entertaining. I'll give it an eight. I think Critically, it was, uh, eighteen minutes before we got our first gunshot. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Well, and then it just escalates. <laughs> well, I wrote that on my notes. Like he uh, just walked. They just walk in. The guy's talking, and he just like blows the guy's head off. Yeah. Critically, it I. Just I do yeah. want to give credit to this movie for um, recreating a uh, American action hero that is vulnerable, that kind of has to like take an ego check and isn't like this, you know, huge superhuman type of figure. I think it was kind of revolutionary in that way. And uh, the writing is really good. I like the characters. I like the sort of witty dialogue, and I think it it still holds up today. So I'll give it a nine for critical. Nine for critical. Nine for critical. Eight for entertainment. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, Pass. would I watch it again on my own? Probably not. But did I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was going to? Yes. So I'd give it a seven for entertainment. And then critical, I think it would also be a seven just because, like, I like the score and then christmas how can you go wrong but then also like for the most part all the actors are people that i'm like oh i was excited to see them um but once again i'm like i don't think i'd put it on again by Alan myself rickman <laughs> r.i.p <laughs> but yeah seven and seven for me i'm pretty easy uh i i, I think it's, this might be one of those movies i think actually a lot of uh maybe movies you guys have gone over you would score them higher if you like watch them when you were younger. You would grow up with them. Like mm. being an adult and watching something, shit, thirty something years ago, it would be tough to gauge. But I've always enjoyed the movie. It's, I mean, you could cheesy one-liners, people get shot in the face, Bruce Willis trying to tie a fire hose <laughs> around himself and jump <laughs> off a building, like and while while cursing at himself. Into... Uh, it's 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 all inter it's all entertainment to me. And I'm gonna score a little higher. Maybe not. A, maybe not a ten, but it's like a nine point nine point four. I love it. Nice. Awesome. I, is oh. that your uh, critical score or your entertainment score? Entertainment. Yeah. Critical score. It's too long of an answer. We'll, we'll, we'll just keep the nine point four. <laughs> okay. Nine point four so for both. For both. No, just just, so just the entertainment. Critical. Is something I don't know. 
I'd have to do more thinking. I didn't know where you have to do a critical because they average yeah, it out. If you were writing, if you were working for a newspaper or something right, no. or, a, uh, or a website, sorry, I'm a little little okay. dated on that. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Showing your age. Okay. Oh, yeah, young is good. You're doing a TikTok review of it. Okay. Um, critical. I mean, it'd still be somewhat high, maybe eight. We'll just, we'll just yeah. call okay. it an eight. Nice. Okay, that's solid. Nice, right? Solid round eight. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I th- I think for me, um, as far as entertainment goes, it's like a nine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a nine point three because I want to give it like nine and a half. But I also want to give it nine, so I'm going in the middle of that, and then I'm giving it, <laughs> then I'm giving it the little uh, so nine point three. Love this movie. I mean, ever since I first saw it, just you know, instant instant classic. As far as the critical score, uh, I don't know. I mean, the first like forty minutes of the movie, I feel like kind of drag. There's some cheesy stuff. There's some mister, you know, or uh, not misdirection, but uh, like lack of direction to the movie uh and i think it's kind of obvious to the viewer that they like didn't have a script and there's like stuff that they're just kind of like guessing on and they guessed right a lot of times which is cool yeah like that's really cool and i think because they were doing it that style of just like let's make something cool that it ended up being really cool but I think there are too many mistakes to give it a high score, so I'm going to give it a 6.5 for my critical score. Uh, despite the fact that I agree with Kai, like it totally changed everything about how action movies are made. Um, that's what's interesting, too, because he said it was the 10th highest grossing of the year, and it's like yeah. it wasn't groundbreaking financially. Like It was a, it was a hit, yeah, but it, it was wasn't like, boom, like... It wasn't Rain Man. It's, it's also important to <laughs> Not uh, right away. take into account that any movie rated R that's coming out in this time is at a huge disadvantage at the box right. office. Okay. So yeah, any true. R-rated movie to break the top ten is a huge deal. Yeah, ten is actually Facts. not that bad. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but listening to Chase and everyone else, I I'm, I have to amend my critical score to down to eight. So I'm doing double eights. Okay. All right. Okay. Eight, 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 eight. Thank God. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so I mean, whenever I do my little movie ratings on like on Letterboxd or whatever, eight is always like I reserve nine and ten. You get a, nine and ten is like it's it's like pinnacle stuff. You know Should what I mean? Be rare. Uh, yeah, it's quite rare. So eights are you know solid, very very strong. Uh, so I would say on an entertainment, don't be afraid of so, a one or a two. No, no, I'm not gonna. No, no, I'm not on <laughs> one or two level. No, because here's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously it's an action movie. It is of its age, um, but, and I come back to the opening. With, when he's on the airplane and he's fatigued and he gets this very random suggestion like on an existential level like if you're just out in the world <laughs> anyone can make a random suggestion to you right yeah. and you could you know whatever you can take the suggestion you cannot take the suggestion but in his case he did and then it impacted the whole movie just from that one small interaction with this random man on a plane so it's like really quite absurd if you like from a sure. if we're looking at like a little philosophically which i like to do even the with action movies trap. it's very yeah. absurd it's there's an absurdity to the whole thing i mean he's running around barefoot in a corporate office <laughs> from terrorists like that's yeah. insane you know what i mean um so i just think that although it's an action movie like there is like a sort of like again from like maybe a creative writing standpoint or whatever whether they did it on purpose or not i don't know it's it still has a cool effect so i'd say 
eight for personal entertainment. Like if I were to if I were to do like if I were doing this on Letterbox, I would probably give it an eight, maybe a seven, but I'll lean towards eight. Critically, I would say seven just because of like yeah, pacing issues in the beginning mm. and stuff like that. Like I was like, yeah, I remember in like about yeah, maybe almost an hour in, I was like I was like tired. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of started picking up, and I was I'm like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. cool, yeah. So yeah, so seven critical, eight entertainment. Yeah, cool. wonderful. Right. Uh, so that was Die Hard. We have a couple announcements on the show notes for the first time. Long overdue. Uh, you're gonna see a link to our Instagram page and also an email. So we see uh, there are people listening from around the world we got some people from belgium the united kingdom canada france uh we see you uh if you want any like uh suggestions want to throw some movie suggestions our way please email us or follow us on instagram uh happy to hear from you and thanks for uh listening to us cheers all right nice happy holidays happy holidays merry christmas